Welcome to the Connect to Marriage podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. When we were kids, our parents would manage our finances. When we were earning money and single, we could spend on whatever we wanted. But now that we are married or in the process of starting a family, how should our finances be managed? Hello and welcome to the Connect to Marriage podcast. I'm Jo and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Connect to Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that couples ask about marriage, communication, conflict, and so much more. We hope you'll keep tuning in to learn with us as you grow closer, deeper, and stronger in your marriage. Today, our topic is on managing money in marriage. This issue is not usually openly discussed as most people keep their personal arrangements to themselves. Sometimes money is a little bit of a touchy topic, but we also do know that even here at Focus on the Family, when we do our marriage courses, finances is one of the top three issues that a couple can face. So managing finances is critical, but often overlooked. Today, we are going to explore the art and science of how we can manage money in marriage effectively and we are honoured to have Bernard and Claire joining us today to share their experience. They've been married since 2008 and they have two young children, uh, seven and nine years old. Bernard is a business owner. He also actually serves right now on the board of Focus on the Family Singapore and Claire is an educator and they are here today to share the secrets about managing money. So welcome Bernard and Claire. Hi, thank Thank you you for having us here. Okay, let's dive straight in because I know when we talk about money, there's much, much to talk about, especially in today's world. Things are always happening with regards to money. It can really pose a huge pressure. Uh, There's a great uncertainty and whatever happens out there in the big white world tends to affect our small little family. I'm going to ask both of you, when was actually the first time you guys can recall that you first talked about money in your relationship? I think it's very early because when we met, I was doing my business then and uh, Claire was teaching in a public school. Obviously, she earns a lot more than me at that point in time (laughs) because uh, she's getting a very regular salary and our business uh, was just starting out. So much of the resources are being plowed back to the business. So I need to be very upfront. If we get married, the finances on my part, maybe at the start, uh, it will be only this amount that we can contribute. Are you willing to marry me? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but you still pay for the dates right yeah i do i do i mean of course right? i mean i have to budget for the dates eventually the wedding as well i did contribute right i mean <laughs> just different proportion uh, you know towards the first house that we got yeah because uh, she has been working for a few years already uh, so she has accumulated uh, a sum of cpf but when we decide to come together and get married uh, to become one how do you feel because i know especially for asian couples and you know the news articles sometimes say it all right that when the woman earns more than the man actually i don't know whether it's a problem more for the the guy or the lady right but when there's this like mismatch in finances particularly when the woman earns more than the man uh, it can give rise to problems in the relationship was that how it was well i I see the potential in him (laughs) (laughs) like he's earning more than me now and thank god it actually happened yeah so mean coming together we live our lives as one we will pull all our resources together both of our income will go into a single bank account yeah Mm. and that's what we learned um during our premarital lessons right right yes yeah, but obviously, when you first talked about marriage, that was even before you attended this marriage preparation course. At a point in time, when we met, it was the year I graduated. I had many options. One is to either continue with my small little business then, uh, with my business partners, or two, get 
employment. I did well for my uni. I was offered a very good employment opportunity with a big US bank. But after I thought through and also discussed with my partners, we all decided to just continue the business. So in 2005, uh, that was the year we graduated. That's the time also when I met Claire in church. Yeah, so uh, that was just the initial stage, right? So we were dating, nothing confirmed yet. Two years later, when we were like having uh, more regular dates that we began to dive in more and discuss more. At a point in time, uh, in 2007, we got married in 2008. The business is picking up. Yeah, so uh, that also gave me the courage to know that, you know, it's the right time to go into the next season of marriage. Okay, so you did ensure that you had that so-called financial security to definitely, promise your bride. De- definitely, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we have to count our costs before we view the house, right? I'm sure this is a common concern for many young couples today. Mm. Uh, we do know that, in fact, many of the younger generation are saying that it's too costly to start a family, to even settle down, to even get married, right? Mm. So in that kind of life stage, rewinding back to when you first started out as a couple and were considering marriage, what were some like financial goals or habits that you know you already kind of set in place to spend within your means is very important when we were planning to buy our first house we had worked out how much is our budget and we stick very closely to our budget yeah so um, we wanted to stay very near to my parents but Mm. it's a very expensive district so we had Mm. to go a bit further yeah, but we still get to have our own house initially right we were thinking okay maybe we can save some money right because at my parents' place, I have my own room, right? And so I say, hey, maybe you can stay maybe a year or two at my parents' place. Thank God for the good advice uh, given by our premarital counsellor. Uh, the advice better not. Maybe you want to consider to rent or maybe get a resale place. Because 15 years ago, there were high demands for the BTO as well, you know. Eventually, we, after seeing 32 units of HDB, uh, <laughs> we managed to find one that meets all our criteria, our budget, uh, the phasing, the level. Wow, okay. So it sounds like you're very planned and organized and structured when it comes to finances. Yes, we do. I don't know whether it's because of the education background you have, Claire, or whether it's because, you know, maybe Bernard's looking at, like, money all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And is gifted at making money. Just a fun fact, I graduated from accountancy as well. Yeah, both of us graduated from accountancy, yeah. Yeah. Okay, share some quick tips for maybe couples who don't come from any of these kind of backgrounds. I think now, right, with YouTube, there are quite a lot of resources that you can watch and you can learn. So always learn, but of course you learn from the right sources. Like what I said, um, to spend within your means. So if you have like this much of money, but you don't spend uh, beyond that, like when we were planning even to go for our honeymoon, even during our time, many would plan for like very long trips to the European countries or to the United States. But we were happy with just a trip to Bangkok and Phuket. If I <laughs> am reading it correctly, it almost sounds like for young couples, we need to learn how to delay gratification. Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and be grateful and contented. Because if you overstretch yourself, right, then uh, you're going to face the consequences and the stress that comes with it, right? That's mm. true. And then there will be issues, right? Yeah. Which is why it's picked up as one of the top three issues yeah. mm. that couples face, That's which right. gives rise to a lot of conflict, actually. And this budgeting, like what would be the key components that it's must-have for couples to make sure that, as you said, Claire, to spend within your means, but these are compulsory essential items mm. that you always need to sort of set aside from the start. 
for us, we of course have to know how much you are earning, what's the income of both the husband and the wife, what are your definitely must spend. So for us, we give a certain amount to the church. So we call that in Christian living, we call that tithing. So we give about 10% of our income to the church. So after that, it will be to our parents and grandparents. So at before the start of every year, we will decide and discuss uh, how much we are going to give to both our parents, uh, our grandparents. Of course, um, then when the children comes along, how much we are going to spend on their enrichment classes, how much are we going to spend for groceries, and if we plan um, in the year whether to go for a long holiday or a short holiday. Besides that, we do set aside a certain amount to bless the people around us. So it could be giving to a good cause, for example, giving to charity or, or blessing a family in need. It sounds like you're set aside intentionally budget to give, we do, <laughs> like we donations do. and all that. Mm. Um, how about setting aside for savings? Marriage is one of the most rewarding things in life. Yet navigating marriage as newlyweds or an engaged couple can sometimes get overwhelming. Whether it's managing expectations of the in-laws, getting a good grasp of your family finances, or establishing good habits of communication and healthy conflict. Focus on the Family Singapore's Marriage Preparation Program aims to help you build a solid foundation in the early years and prepare you for the adventure of your life. Visit family.org.sg slash C2 Marriage Prep for more information today. This part comes under my care. So the investment part of the, the big ticket items, you would call it, right? I'm usually the one handling it. What we do is that we buffer aside the uh, sums uh, and put them into uh, bonds and uh, fixed deposits, which currently paying very good uh, yield. If you have the means, then you can park aside funds for that purpose. We don't actually uh, craft it out every month for now, but when we first started 15 years ago, we do set aside monthly sum every month. But uh, at this point in time, we do lump sums instead of monthly. Is there like a magic proportion or number that couples should set aside for spending on the essential items versus the non-discretionary items, saving versus investing versus okay. giving. Okay, I, I think that question, right, has a few parts to it, right? First of all, very importantly, is that you have to ask yourself, what is your combined income at a point in time, right? Because uh, mm -hmm. if your combined income is, let's say, you know, the average median, there's so much that you can put aside for savings, yeah, because uh, cost of living have gone up significantly. If you are taking a loan for properties, your interest rate would also may have gone up. So uh, all this would affect your amount you can save at the end of the day. So mm -hmm. it's important to be cognizant of like, you know, what is your combined income? And then what are the needs that you have to spend on? So our principle has always been very clear since uh, day one, right? Uh, we honour God through tithing and we honour our parents. Yeah, these are two things that we will never scream on. Yeah, and we do adjust even for parents because of inflation. We do have to adjust. Uh, and then when our income grew, we also adjust them. But I think it takes a bit of faith to do that, to set aside. Because those are items in terms of giving to parents and or even giving towards uh, the church. And or even uh, just now you mentioned, Claire, about like donating mm. uh, so that you can bless other people. Typically, I think most families would... Only if I have extra, then you know, mm -hmm. I, I will 
see how much I can give to my parents or how much mm-hmm. I can. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so it takes a lot of uh, discipline as well, right? I would yeah. think to mm-hmm. be able to set those habits in place. I, I actually have a very curious question because sure. I know you have two kids and did finances play a part in determining when to have kids, how many kids that you can afford to have because this is the conversation today that many Singaporeans are having. We actually wanted more kids. Our elders came out about six years into our marriage. When we first got married, we say maybe let's wait a year or two before we try to have kids. When we were ready to have kids, then we realised, oops, uh, we do need help. To, to have a baby. Actually, we went through IVF and that mm. also cost a fair bit. But thank mm. God, being Singaporeans, uh, the government did subsidize. We were blessed and grateful that it came out successful. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mm. the procedure. Can I ask how both of you make decisions, financial decisions for the family? Like, is there a... I mean, Bernie, you mentioned that... You, Big ticket items, savings, investments, that's mm. your thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when we got married, we actually have a um, discussion. And as long as it's not more than the limit of uh, 100, I mean, we are free to spend. But if the item is more than 100, then we will bring back home for discussion. So, for example, you know, like ladies like to go for facial and they will ask you to sign packages. <laughs> so, every time I was, hmm, can I, can I um, sign up for this, this and this package? Um, it costs so much. But of course, as our income grew, the limit, the amount that you can spend can get a bit higher. <laughs> yeah, but for big ticket items, we will still bring up for discussion. Like uh, Bernard mentioned, like if you are going to purchase a TV or a new uh, mobile or laptop, yeah, we will usually dis- discuss still. So, mm. it's by amount lah. By amount, yeah. You know, when we first got married, the default amount is hundred. Yeah, but now hundred dollars, you can't, you can't buy a lot of things with hundred dollars, right? So we actually raised that, lah. Yeah, the amount has since risen to uh, now two hundred dollars. <laughs> Still not a lot. But, but but yeah, but of course, you know, things like groceries or this, you don't have to say, lah. I mean, you know, it's two hundred, maybe even not enough, right? But w- what we are referring to are those uh, not the usual lease that we buy. If with groceries, definitely it may cross two hundred. So that you don't have to ask, right? But uh, I think those exceptional items, right? But like if you buy a stick that's Wagyu, <laughs> more than $200 okay, versus if it's, you know, if it's cheap spe- stick or if it's, if it's special events, right, then uh, then celebrate it, uh, create beautiful memories. That's what we believed in. Right? So it sounds like actually underlying all this, you have some common values when it comes to finances or maybe if I could put it another way, like the value of money. We do have actually... What would be some of these probably ideas of finances that couples should actually talk about? I don't know if you all talked about it or just so happened that you already have these shared values in regards to maybe you've talked about spending within your means or whether or not it's being contented yeah. <laughs> and delaying gratification. So you may be surprised, right? But I actually spend very little on myself. Seriously, I, I can live with very little. So I'm not the kind who goes into shopping center and buy things. I would first ask myself, is there really a need to buy it? You know, if not, Right. then don't buy it but then I I like to spend money on my wife definitely <laughs> <laughs> so you know like you know she enjoys uh, like facial and massage I say please go ahead uh, go for it yeah. is this making up for the early days <laughs> early days as well I mean of course not so frequent because uh, back then you know we have a more uh, a smaller budget to work with right, yeah right. I say please go for it is, is that true Claire because sometimes they say that you know while the men think that they don't spend a lot on themselves but <laughs> when they actually do buy something, that one thing can be 
very much more expensive than like, like, like a woman's car. Tenting, <laughs> like a car. <laughs> uh, let's be fair. I I don't like change my car that often. I'm I'm happy with one, and I I can use it for a long time. Yeah, I think that's also something we teach our children. Many things like what I mentioned earlier. You know, uh, we honor God, we honor our parents. Spending on the things that's needful, that necessary. Of course, you can. Whatever is remaining, you know, from your savings, you can spend on things that you like, but that shouldn't be so often. So you can save up for maybe a present for a friend. You save up uh, to spend on books that you like to read. Yeah, so spending within their means too. Yeah, mm. share something interesting. I was listening to a, a sharing uh, recently. The person asked, can you recall in the last two weeks, what is one thing that you purchased that made you happy? So I asked Claire this question. <laughs> And then uh, she later asked me the question. We were both very amused by our <laughs> answer. What's your item? I cannot remember. Uh, <laughs> snacks. snacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she mentioned snacks. <laughs> yeah. Then she asked me, so what's mine, right? I tell her, it's the McDonald's apple pie. <laughs> yeah, you lose the apple pie. <laughs> yeah, it costs... 150. I don't eat that so often, maybe once a month or like once every two months, but it just brings me simple joy and I was very happy with it. Yeah. So you do not need to have like big ticket items to make mm. you happy. Sometimes we think like we need a lot of money, then we would be happy, right? But mm. I guess that's part of contentment. It sounds like both of you talk a lot without explicitly talking about money, but mm. actually talk a lot about the underlying values that shape mm. how you manage your finances as a couple. Before I ask you whether there have been any instances of conflict when it came to managing money in your marriage, uh, which will bring us to part two of our podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, in each podcast, we actually do address a frequently asked question that couples have about marriage uh, that we're going to pose to our guest here. So today's question is this, I'm the saver in my marriage and I tend to put my money away for a rainy day as often as I can, but my spouse is a spender. And before I can even say anything, he has already spent the bulk of our money on some non-essential item. It's driving me crazy and I don't know how to handle it without us both getting mad. Uh, what would you advise? I know of friends who are in this category where they would uh, go out and uh, change their car very often and buy gadgets. I think listening to this situation, uh, communication seems to be the main uh, challenge which the couple is facing. So I think what is important, right, is that the couple need to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk about the situation. The wife maybe can share why the spending habit of the husband is causing her some stress. But then again, we have to come back to the income first, right? I, I heard of a story where, you know, the wife gets upset with the hubby buying a cup of $5 uh, latte every morning because she feels that, hey, you can actually have it at home, right? I mean, why do you need to spend that money every day, right? But if you multiply by number of days, at most it's $100 over dollars, but versus his income, which is like really a lot, but that brings him joy, right? But then again, so at the end of the day, you have to like look at the income and then have a good open communication. If the wife is concerned, then I think she should be the one uh, initiating the conversation uh, to have a sit-down talk about it. Yeah, so communication is actually quite key in even in finances as well. So we, I think before marriage and even after marriage, we spend a lot of time talking about this. Not intentionally, but sometimes we see what did we spend this amount of money on? Who did we bless today? So that builds a common understanding and we have a common ground when it comes to finances and how we want to spend our income. Has it ever been difficult for you to 
talk about these kind of topics. Money? Because no. Never. <laughs> never. I think we're quite open in our communication. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Never. Okay. Yeah, we always just talk about it because you need money to run your family, right? You need money to operate, yeah. right? And yeah. uh, if you don't talk about it, then when are you going to talk about it, right? It's a very pragmatic approach which actually gets around the whole the obstacle, mental obstacle perhaps that some couples would have about, mm. you know, talking about money. And yet, you're right, Bernard, that this goes into the everyday living. <laughs> yeah, so I think the most important thing which uh, Claire shared, right, is like having one account. Yeah, because that makes you totally accountable to each other. And if you have separate account, let's say, for example, there are different models, right? There are, the model is a percentage model. There is another model whereby I put in the same common sum into a common fund. Yeah. Yeah. Then, of course, then our model will be combine everything together and we live as one life, mm. one family. Mm. Yeah, so we decide to work using this model and it serves very, very well. Mm. So being very transparent on where the money goes, so we know what each of us are spending our income on. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. so high trust, very high trust. Yeah, and that allows us to very openly communicate because if you have two separate accounts, then you start saying, hey, how come you buy this item? You're earning a lot more than tell me, right? You know, it creates a lot of distrust and... Mm. Yeah, did boss give you a salary raise recently? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for example, right? I mean, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Mm. Wow. Okay, these are all good tips. And uh, I'm sure for our listeners, um, they are probably intrigued <laughs> as I am. And usually at the end of every podcast, we would uh, pose a couple challenge. So today's couple challenge, if you are listening to this with your spouse, would you take an extra five minutes at the end of this episode to share with each other your thoughts uh, and maybe your feelings about money? It could be, you know, your fears about even talking about it. Uh, it could be just that awkwardness um, to want to broach the subject but not knowing how to start. Take just five minutes right, to share with each other your thoughts as well as your feelings with regards to money. And next episode, we will be focusing on the common financial pitfalls and looking at perhaps the issues that couples face when it comes to managing money in marriage. So do tune into that. But meanwhile, we do hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you do know of a friend or couple who are newly married or getting married this year, do invite them to check out our Connect to Marriage Preparation Workshop coming up. Uh, visit family.org.sg slash C2 Marriage Prep to find out more. We hope you have followed and subscribed to our Connect to Podcast. Do share it with a friend who can also benefit from this episode. And until next time, take care of yourself and your spouse. Mm-hmm.